Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Short Tales, a series of short stories written and read by me, Damien Robb. We'll get to this episode's story shortly, but first, I want you to imagine you are sitting in your home. What room it is, only you would know, but there is no one else there and you are relaxing looking at your phone, scrolling through your social media of choice. You stop when you see the link for a live stream currently in process. You click on it, and on your device appears the face of a man, almost a boy really, handsome and smiling, standing on a beach somewhere. What begins as easy watching, the kind of nothing you can turn your brain off for, slowly turns into something far darker. And despite this, or because of it, you are unable to look away. Okay, you ready? Good. This episode's story is entitled Livestream. To his credit, the video went viral. Hey fam, this is your little lad Kidna. I'm down at the Big Blue, aka the Ocean, soaking up them rays, feeling the sand beneath my little toesies, living large by living small. You know what I mean? There were 120,000 watching when the live stream started. That number quickly grew. But if I can get real with you for a sec, this shit, it's truly beautiful. And I'm usually all about them laughs, bringing the big chucks with my goofs and my gaffs and the rest, but this is real right here. Full wig. The way that light is hitting that water, all dapple, baby. And check this out. Got the whole place to myself. It was at this point that those 120,000 watching on phones and tablets and laptops, and for one rather alternative tech-savvy website developer in Portugal, on their Molly Trolley flip phone, a toy for children that she'd refurbished to be a fully functioning smartphone, saw the view spin away from Kidna's floppy-haired, big-toothed, grinning and handsome 20-something face to a view of a secluded and isolated beach. On their multiple and varied devices, the camera panned from the rocky edge of one end of the pristine shoreline to the other, which stretched out to a distant cape, on the way passing by the constantly crashing water, which many of the viewers agreed was indeed all dapple. The view turned back to Kidna, real name Alexander Maxwell, who raised his eyebrows three times and then stuck his tongue out, which was a common sight on his channel, and just another example of how he was all about them laughs. So we're going to play a little game, me and you, the Kidna crew. It's called, What Should Kidna Do Next? Simple. You tell me what you think I should do, and the one I deem the sickest, I might just do. 
I'm like your little sim, your little avatar. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Kidna did a little robot dance as he made these noises, and hearts started flooding the screen, gifted mostly by tweens from all over the world. Similarly, the chat had gushed forth with an onslaught of suggestions for what Kidna should do. They ranged from kiss me Kidna to kill yourself, and just about every option between those two points. Now I will say, anyone who gives me a little gifty or a not so little gifty will be more likely to control the Kidna but. At this, gift notifications began to ping onto the screen, the gifts being a digital currency owned by the corporation that ran the social media app he was streaming from. Big love, MM42, Kidna said, referring to a user who had just sent him a gift of $300. I see you, girl, one of my Kidna cuties. MM42 was one of Kidna's earliest and biggest fans, and despite what her profile said was not a 14-year-old girl from Richland in the United States, but rather a 42-year-old woman. To date, she'd gifted Kidna what amounted to 38,000 US dollars. Her suggestion was for Kidna to take off his shirt, something he needed little encouragement to do on the best of days, let alone when he was at the beach. He extended the selfie stick his phone was attached to, then unfolded the end to transform it into a small tripod, the legs of which he stuck in the sand. He stepped back to reveal his body, slim and defined, dressed in a white tee and fluoro board shorts. He lifted the base of his tee to show a hint of the six-pack beneath, gave a giggle that his fan club would describe as so kidna, and then pulled the tee up and over his head. He let his audience, which was now at around 180,000, take in the sight for a few more moments before putting his tee back on and retrieving his phone. Beep boop, what should the kidna bot do next? The next request came from Kidna Kali, an actual 14-year-old from Malibu, who her parents happily swapped quality parental time for money. She sent Kidna $1,000 with a request that he make a sandcastle big enough for the two of them to live in. Oh damn, right on Kidna Kali, castle o'clock, nobody makes better sandcastles than me. He clapped his hands and rubbed them together as he gave the camera a sultry look laced with just the right amount of cheeky and a hint of disarming, at least according to him, topping the whole thing off with a wink. One castle for Queen Kali, coming right up. At this, Kali and the five friends she was with squealed in delight. Later, once all was said and done and the live stream was over, Carly would quote this as the worst day of her life, but at that moment she would have bet all her parents' money that it was and would forever remain the greatest of all time. Kidna got to work building the sandcastle, if it could be called that. Lacking a bucket or spade or any building tools beyond his own two hands, he began piling up sand into something that mostly resembled, well, a pile of sand. To add stupidity to injury, he also chose to use the sand immediately beside him, which was loose and dry, meaning it fell away from his less than impressive pile as soon as it was placed on top. Kidna kept an easy patter of one-sided conversation as he worked, complimenting his handiwork and calling himself the Sandcastle King, but even he was aware of his apparent castle's shortcomings. He wasn't the only one. He looked up at the phone to give it another heart-melting look and saw his viewer numbers had dropped by over 30,000 and was still falling. Hell yeah, Dunzo, Carly girl, let me know when you can move in, (laughs) ha ha! He did his patented kidna laugh, raised his eyebrows three times and stuck out his tongue. That seemed to do the trick. The numbers stopped falling and slowly began to tick back up again. The gift notifications, however, were noticeably absent. Okay, kidna crew, as the name of the game says, what should kidna do next? 
he said, throwing a few more beep-beep-boops in for good measure. Requests came flooding onto the screen of his phone, including one from Emma Emma 42 who was once again asking him to take his shirt off. Unfortunately for her, she had no money left to pay him with. It was a fellow streamer, and Kidna's closest frenemy, whose request won out. Drizzy Pop Pop, real name Derek Sellers, had started streaming Minecraft when he was 15 and had grown a respectable following from doing so, but it was when he added freestyle rapping to his repertoire that he really blew up. The freestyle part was more than generous, as his agent had hired a team of writers to craft the songs for him. The rapping was likewise bold, as lip-syncing would be a more truthful descriptor for his part in the whole process. He and Kidna had recently had beef after Drizzy Pop Pop had dissed Kidna on one of his tracks. The beef had been orchestrated by Drizzy's agent, who, as it turned out, was Kidna's agent as well. The same agent then organised for them to have a beautiful and moving reconciliation over the online launch of Minion Juice, a sweet and supposedly banana-flavoured beverage released as part of the marketing for the most recent Minions movie. Oh no, don't tell me that's my boy, Drizzy Pop Pop, throwing up a request, Kidna said. Oh man, you have got to get up in this livestream right now. Kidna leaned forward and pressed a button on his phone that caused a window to pop up. Drizzy Pop Pop's face appeared inside the window. His eyes were narrowed, lips pouting, and he was nodding his head like he'd just told a joke to a room of people and was proudly but modestly enjoying their reaction. The viewership jumped up to 400,000 at his arrival and was quickly climbing. Yo, Kidna man, that beach is next level. How do you keep finding these sweet as locals? You know me, Driz, if I ain't hustling, I ain't me. I did a little rock hopping, then some cliff climbing to get here. But it's all worth it for some of that occlusion. He meant seclusion. The guy who was streaming to now over 550,000 people. I feel that, Drizzy Pop Pop told him. But man, you best ready yourself because I'm going to straight up make that cutie pie smile of yours disappear right now. Hearts and laughing face emojis cascaded up the screen. Oh no, ha <laughs> okay, let's see what you're going to make the kidnapper do. Get this. He paused for dramatic effect. Drizzy Pop Pop had been on record as calling himself the master of drama. For $2,000, I want you to drink some beach water. What? Man, you crazy, are you for real? Kidna rolled backwards onto the sand, allowing his t-shirt to ride up a bit, as he laughed louder than necessary. <laughs> I guess I have to, right? The screen was immediately awash with comments of people cheering him on. Kidna Carly wrote, Ew, gross, but you should totally do it. Marguerite, the website designer from Portugal, sent out a message that contained a wave emoji, then a plus sign, then a sack of money emoji, then an equal sign, and finally a green tick emoji. <laughs> okay, I guess I have to. Kidna said, raising his eyebrows and sticking his tongue out. He turned the tripod so it pointed at the water, then made a big show of walking down to the water's edge. I can't believe I'm doing this, he called out. I'm so surreal right now. I'm like Geppetto, bro, Drizzy said with a laugh, pressing the buttons on your little robot strings. This mixed metaphor annoyed Paresh Reddy, who was in London watching the stream with his nine-year-old daughter, Maddie. Kidna was Maddie's favourite. When Parash had once asked Maddie favourite what, she just replied, my favourite. Kidna returned to the camera with a cupped handful of seawater. He held up to the phone to prove its existence, then smiled and said, here we go, this is for you brother, beep boop. He knocked the shot of seawater back, face wrinkling as he swallowed. 
then stuck out his tongue and shook it around. Ah, that is wild salty. The viewer numbers were just about to tip over the one million mark. On his screen, seen to no one but himself, Drizzy Pop Pop received a message from his and Kidna's shared agent. It read, Keep going with the gross out stuff. I want to see those numbers double. In just a matter of minutes, this would well and truly be achieved. Okay, respect, 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 Drizzy Pop Pop said. But I'm feeling like that was too easy. I can see I've got to pull those robot strings of yours a little tighter for this next one. In London, Parish Reddy rolled his eyes. Let's see a bit more of that beach of yours. Let me know exactly what the Prince of Pranking is working with. The Prince of Pranking was another moniker Drizzy Pop Pop had gifted himself. The now 1.1 million viewers around the world watched as Kidna's hand reached out toward them. He lifted the camera close to his face, stuck out his tongue and crossed his eyes. Classic Kidna. Then pressed the button to switch the camera to the back of the phone. Golden sand filled the screen, stretching back to a wall of sand dunes coated in beach grass. The sight moved, scanning sideways, showing more of the same until the blue of the sea and sky crept into the scene. Alright, slow it down, Drizzy Pop-Pop said. Let's move a little closer to that water. The scene wobbled as Kidna moved towards the water and wet sand. Whoa, whoa, stop, Drizzy commanded. Lower the camera, lower the camera. Kidna did so. The sight caused Drizzy to throw his head back and let out a high-pitched laugh as he clapped his hands together like a delirious seal. From off-screen came the sound of Kidna's voice. No, bro, come on, seriously? 1.8 million viewers leaned in. In the middle of each of their screens, half buried in the sand, was a starfish. The camera flipped again, showing Kidna, for once not wearing a smile. You better not be thinking what I think you're thinking. Drizzy Pop-Pop, whose numbers had always fallen second to Kidna's, smiled wide. Oh, I am for sure thinking what you're thinking. Now get in there, clean that guy off. I think we all want to see him proper. The constant stream of comments rolling up the side of the screen confirmed that the majority of those watching did indeed want to see him proper. Kidna gave a half-hearted ha-ha at seeing this and flipped the camera back to the starfish. He moved closer and with one hand splashed a feeble amount of water over it, which did little to free it of the sand it was happily buried in. The comments rolling by now told him to just pick it up, which Drizzy seconded. Ha <laughs> ha, nah, nah, you know me, I roll easy, but... That was as far as Kidna got before the comments turned caustic. Insults flew as loud and numerous as a swarm of locusts. Swears were just the start of it, but not the least, as many of the commenters were experts at writing vitriol, having dedicated their lives to the practice. They questioned his manhood, his father's manhood, his right to keep living if he couldn't do something as easy and simple as pick up a starfish. The Kidna crew did what they could to stem the tide towards more positive comments, but they were a squall competing against a tsunami. Off screen, Kidna licked his lips as he took this all in. Then he picked up the starfish. He immediately dropped it, crying out in shock and pain as something pricked his fingers. The something was quickly apparent. Freed from the sand, Kidna and the now over two million watching got their first good look at the starfish. True to the stereotype, it had five arms, each with a dark purplish colour and each lined with long, sharp spines. The spines were off-white with brown rings at their base, looking to Kidna like rows of tiny pointed teeth. Damn, he fooled Patrick! Drizzy Pop-Pop called out, keeping up his over-the-top laughing. Yo, where's Spongebob at? 
The comments turned toward a new theme, namely how funny Drizzy was, with many of his top followers insisting yet again that he really should do stand-up. In Portugal, on her refurbished Molly Trolley flip phone, Marguerite took a screenshot which she uploaded into Google. So, Kidna, Drizzy Pop Pop said. Google came back with a few million visual matches, all of which confirmed the starfish in question was Astropectin polycanthus, also known as the Comb Sea Star. I got to ask you. A quick scan through its Wikipedia page taught Marguerite a number of interesting facts. For instance, comb stars are mostly nocturnal. The epithet, polycanthus, comes from the Latin meaning many-thorned, and they contain a potent neurotoxin known as tetrodotoxin, which if ingested causes paralysis and eventual death. What do you reckon that starfish tastes like? The viewing numbers jumped to over 3 million, and the comments went crazy. You the bloody man, Drizzy! You have to, Kidna, you have to! Slep slep yum yum! Which leg should he eat first? This is the greatest day of my life. So glad I skipped school for this. And then one from Marguerite which read, Do not eat. It's poisonous. It's poisonous. Repeat. Do not eat. Her message appeared on screen for 1.2 seconds before getting swept away by the torrent. It was seen by exactly two people. One, a truck driver in Adelaide who immediately logged off afterwards, needing to continue his route. And the other, a four-year-old from Calgary who hadn't learnt to read yet. The camera had yet to turn back to Kidna. Instead, the image of the starfish, purple and spiky, hung on the screen. It was the second longest run to date on one of Kidna's livestreams where the viewers didn't see his face. This is what those watching weren't seeing. Kidna was staring at the starfish, staring at it in a way where he hoped if he stared at it long enough, it might just disappear. It didn't. Kidna, bro, you still with us? Drizzy Pop Pop asked. The blank stare slid from Kidna's face, replaced by his usual dazzling smile as he switched back to the front camera. But long-time fans could tell there was something off about that smile. It was missing approximately 40% of its usual cheekiness. They collectively turned to the comments to tell him that it was okay, that he didn't have to do anything he didn't want to, not for them or for anyone. But the viewership had already far outstripped his usual fan base, and so their messages went unread by Kidna as did Marguerite's messages, which she was copying and pasting as quickly as she could, to little effect. Instead, all he saw was a never-ending wall of comments, and what they were telling him could be summarised down to three simple words. Eat. The. Starfish. Haha, Drizzy, you a straight-up clown, man! Come on, I'm not eating this! The comments went black with hate. Kidna read those as well. Over on Drizzy's screen came another message from their agent. Get the sheep to pay for it. Drizzy nodded his head to the camera, giving magnanimous understanding to Kidna as he held up his hands, conducting the masses to quiet down now. Fair? Fair. I see you, bro. I see you. And you're right. You shouldn't eat it. Kidna's body flooded with relief, feeling as if someone had tossed a bucket of cool water over his feverish body. Over in Portugal, Marguerite felt a similar relief letting her fingers stop their mad command P entering. Not without the proper compensation, at least, Drizzy continued. What do we say, people? Can we give Kidna a little encouragement to try starfish a la mode? He rubbed his thumb against his first two fingers, the universal symbol for give up that money. Kidna's cool relief evaporated as his phone played a frenzied song of bleeps and beeps as gift notifications took over his screen. 
The viewership was up to over 4 million and still climbing as word spread that famed streamer Kidna was about to eat a starfish live on air. He had never had this many viewers for a single stream before, and the gift tally was rising to the point where it was about to double his current wealth. Kidna wondered if that mattered. If any of this mattered. The numbers, the money, the fame, the strange career he had all but fallen into, or the sense of validation that had led him to it, all of it so easily given and just as easily taken away by a horde of faceless strangers. Did it truly matter? Yes, he decided. It did. More carefully this time, Kidna picked up the starfish. He managed to get its underside, which was free of the angry little thorns, onto his hand. It was wet and sandy and squirmed slightly against his palm. He felt a moment of hesitation, taking in that this strange five-legged creature, for all its alien appearance, was truly as alive as he was and likely wanted to stay that way. Then he looked dead into the camera, gave his biggest, most confident smile, and in the voice of a carnival hawker said, Who's hungry? Ha ha! In Portugal, Marguerite felt a fishhook of dread pulled down on her insides. She re-entered her warning into the comments section, but was instantly lost in the now outpouring of pure love, respect, and adoration for everybody's boy, Kidna. One person, however, did see Marguerite's comment. Emma Emma 42. On seeing it, she felt a type of panic that up until then had been unknown to her. She would later describe it as like being struck by a bolt of diseased lightning, electric and sickening all at once. Unsure of what she had seen, she glued her eyes to the comments. When Marguerite's warning repeated itself, Emma Emma 42 was ready for it. She took a screenshot, opened it, and felt dry-mouthed at the confirmation of her fears. She searched Marguerite's screen name, mole underscore troll, and sent her a message. Is it really poisonous? Marguerite replied with a single word. Deadly. Emma Emma 42 didn't wait. She quickly added her own warnings to the flood of comments. Now it was two against four and a half million. Kidna, meanwhile, was deciding which leg to eat. The one closest to him was littered with spikes, but that didn't mean much since the rest were much the same. He decided on the furthermost left one. It seemed smaller, maybe. Bruv, 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 we love your face, but I think I speak for the people when I say it's time to get chomping. Drizzy Pop Pop called out, interrupting Kidna's thoughts. Kidna held the starfish up beside his face, as though it was a cute little puppy he was showing off to the camera. Just deciding where to start, it all looks so good, Kidna said. I think I'm going to start here. He pointed to the leg he decided on. Might just have to get rid of a few of these little spikies first. Wouldn't want to hurt my singing voice. Kidna didn't have much of a singing voice, but his agent assured him that a bit of auto-tune would fix that. He was due to have an album out the following year. Kidna fumbled with the selfie stick until it had turned once more back into a tripod and then stuck it in the sand. He lined himself up in front, centre stage once more, and gave those watching his trademark smile. Then he got to work. The first spike was resistant. He picked out the biggest one on his chosen leg, pinched it between his fingers, then pulled. It tugged upwards but refused to break free of the hard purplish skin. He pulled on it again to the same result. Sweat dripped down his neck, aware of the almost five million people watching him fail. He tried for a third time, no longer worrying about being gentle, letting his rising anger fuel him, and twisted the thorn as he yanked. It came free as the skin tore around its base. A well of water bubbled out of the freshly created crater. 
Hell yeah, Kidna cried. Kidna one, starfishy zero. The comments had turned into a war zone, the discourse being around the animal cruelty currently being displayed on screen. Half were appalled by what they had just watched, with the more extreme calling Kidna the next pole Pot, and the other half were up in arms by what they called the Snowflake Animal Lovers, as though that was some kind of insult, arguing either that the starfish couldn't feel pain, untrue, or the even more absurd, that it was simply human nature for man to hurt animals. And, of course, there was still the occasional comment from either Marguerite or Emma Emma 42 throwing out their whispers of warning into the ferocious windstorm, trying desperately to tell Kidna about the danger he was in. Kidna didn't notice any of this. He was too busy plucking spines from the skin of the starfish. There were only a few still remaining on his chosen arm. In their place was a pattern of small craters, sure to trigger anyone with tryptophobia, all leaking seawater. Done! Kidna said, proudly showing the cleared arm to the camera. The comments were frenzied, a clamour of voices all trying to crawl on top of the other so that there was no single voice, just a roar of noise. Kidna's eyes scanned that roar, jumping from comment to comment, choosing to see just the ones that gave him praise and love and validation. The taste sweeter than nectar. He held the leg up toward his face and theatrically opened his mouth. Do it, bruv! Do it! Drizzy Pop Pop said. OMG, you're the best, Kidna. I can't wait to live in our castle together, Kidna Carly wrote. In London, Parish Reddy was suddenly not sure whether his daughter should be watching this, but found himself unable to look away. Poison, Marguerite wrote. Do not eat. Poison. Emma Emma 42 wrote the same message over and over. Please, Kidna, don't eat it. It will hurt you, please. She was hitting the keys so hard that her fingers were beginning to hurt. In his hand, the starfish squirmed and Kidna hesitated. Six million people on phones and tablets and laptops watched as for the first time Kidna's true face showed itself. There was no posing, no carefully curated facial expressions, no Kidna. It was just Alexander Maxwell, and he looked young and naive and unsure. A final message popped up on his screen, this one private and personalised and from his agent. Eat the fucking starfish. Kidna raised his eyebrows three times, stuck out his tongue, said beep boop, and bit down. The skin was tough and salty. It squished beneath his teeth then ruptured as it gave way to the pressure bearing down on it. The insides were softer, and the tissue there tore easily. He ground his teeth against the last of the skin as he pulled the body away from the leg. The skin stretched, then broke, leaving the fish no longer a star. Kidna chewed quickly trying not to think about what it was his teeth were grinding against. But I can tell you. It was digestive glands, vascular tissue, nerves, gonads, and of course, tetrodotoxin. A few years back, there was a case of paralytic poisoning in Japan, brought on by tetrodotoxin. It was found that the victim had eaten a trumpet shell, which had acquired the toxin through its food chain. The original link in the chain, of course, being our friend, the Combstar. A study was completed following the incident in which the most toxic specimen of Combstar were found to have a toxicity score of 520 mouse units, meaning that one gram of its toxin was enough to kill 520 mice. Currently, there is no known antidote to tetrodotoxin. Kidna winced as he forced the lump of starfish mush down his throat. He felt it push past his esophagus and disappear into that unknowable cavity inside of him. He smiled as he opened his mouth wide and stuck out his tongue, showing it to the camera. 
he lifted his tongue and moved it side to side, proving he had indeed achieved this incredible feat. Marguerite's fingers stilled as she held her breath. Emma Emma 42 began to cry. The comments continued to scream up the screen. Bullshit, fake news, you photoshopped it, so obvious. Keep going, one leg isn't a starfish, I paid for you to eat the whole thing. I'm going to be sick, so gross. You suck, dude. Can anyone say desperate? You should be arrested for this. No, he should be thrown into a pool of starfish so they can eat him. Lol. Lighten up, it's just a starfish. Yeah, can't they like grow new legs anyway? We love you, Kidna. Love you too, Kidna crew, Kidna said, kissing his fingers and raising them to the air. I know everyone says this, but like for real, I have the best... Fans would have been the final word in that sentence, but Kidna was having trouble breathing. Not just breathing, he realised with a rising panic. The hand that he'd raised to deliver his kiss to the heavens and all the Kidna crew across the globe was shaking. He could barely keep it up. Then it dropped, suddenly as limp and floppy as a dead eel. His legs gave way next, and he crumpled forward. Unable to raise his hands to stall his descent, he pitched face first into the sand, knocking over his tripod and phone as he went. It landed on its side in front of him, still recording. The viewership, already the highest he'd ever had, was skyrocketing. Kidna tried to blink the sand out of his eyes, but couldn't. The small grain scratched at his corneas, but it was already apparent that that was the least of his troubles. He tried to call out for help, but only managed to elicit a moan that slid out of his mouth along with a small rivulet of drool, and then even that dribbled off to nothing. He tried to breathe, but his chest only gave him three pathetic hitches, which mostly pulled in sand, before refusing to heed him at all. Over ten million people watched as Kidna died. More were logging on as the news spread, which it did so thanks to the miracle of modern technology at almost the speed of light. On all of their screens was Kidna, stretched out in the sand, his face angled close to the camera. The forced perspective made his head look large and bulbous, and the body that led away from it small and doll-like. A big, dead, bobblehead. Somewhere behind him, a four-legged starfish was attempting to rebury itself in the sand. The comments didn't stop. Kidna was no longer alive to read them, but I'm sure you can imagine the kinds of things they said. Insults and praise and remorse and hatred and questions and opinions and jokes, and when words weren't enough, emojis and stickers and gifs, the sad hive mind of humanity. It took hours for the paramedics to find him. Despite the millions of people watching, none of them were sure exactly where the livestream was taking place. Many tried to solve the puzzle, attempting to hack into his location data, but ironically months earlier, after an incalculable number of death threats, Kidna had had some impressive security installed on all his devices. Marguerite got close, but was only able to narrow her findings down to a strip of coastline, and not the actual beach itself. Finally, the police got involved. They took Drizzy Pop-Pop and the agent in for questioning. Drizzy, through tears and snot and pleas, told the detectives questioning him that he didn't know where Kidna was streaming from and that he had no idea the starfish was poisonous and was he going to go to jail because for real he would not do well in there. The agent was more tight-lipped. He sat silent, his lawyer beside him, killing as much time as possible because he knew the live stream was still running and that the viewers were at an all-time high. It wasn't until the detectives found his incriminating message stating Kidna eat the fucking starfish that he finally talked and revealed where Kidna was, using a tracking app he'd installed on Kidna's phone. 
even then, retrieving Kidna's body wasn't easy. True to his word, Kidna had indeed done a fair amount of rock hopping and cliff climbing to get to the primo live streaming location, and it was no easy feat for the paramedics to follow suit with all their equipment. Throughout all this, millions of people watched Kidna's body begin the process of decomposition. First, the colour left his skin, bleaching out of him as his body cooled. Then roughly two hours in, it returned again, as the parts of his body nearest the ground developed a reddish-purple discoloration, similar to a bruise, caused by the accumulation of blood and referred to by embalmers as the post-mortem stain. At the three-hour mark, rigor mortis set in. The stiffening muscles fixed his face into an expression that managed to look empty while still somehow looking scared. It was in the fourth hour that the hands of the paramedics appeared on screen. They lifted him, his torso like a plank of wood, only his hands and feet still rubbery, the rigor mortis not having reached them yet. They placed his body onto a tarp, folded over two corners, then used the other two to lift him up and carry him away. That was the last any of the viewers would see of Kidna's body. But the live stream didn't stop. The paramedics had forgotten to take his phone, and it wouldn't be until the following morning that the police would realise and send an officer to go and retrieve it. The wind blew over the empty stretch of beach as the light of the day slowly retreated. Millions still watched, the more canny amongst them able to pick out the small lump of starfish half buried in the sand to the left of the screen. Then there were thousands, then hundreds, then a few dozen, then one. Emma Emma 42 had spent her day unable to either look away or stop the huge shuddering wails that had periodically taken over her body. Her cries were animalistic, brutal things that tore out of her with pure misery. Her throat had become ragged, and her face was puffy and wet with tears and snot and grief. Her head felt like it was full of cotton wool, or a swarm of bees, or TV static, or any number of other metaphors she had cycled through to try and explain the numb but frenzied feeling that had taken over her. It was all too unreal, or large to such a degree that she couldn't accept it was real. But it was. She knew it was. She had watched it happen. Another wail overtook her as more tears leaked out of her dehydrated body. Then a sound, small and short, broke through to her. It had come from the live stream. She wiped her face, sniffed, and looked at her monitor. Nothing but pitched darkness had filled that monitor for the past few hours. The only sound, that of the wind blowing over the sand and the crashing of the waves. It would have been relaxing, given any other situation. The sound came again, a small beep, and a notification appeared in the middle of her screen. Low battery. Except she was watching on a monitor that was plugged into a power outlet. How could the battery be low? Then it clicked. The notification wasn't for her. Kidna's phone was dying much like its owner had. She sobbed again, quieter this time, the exhaustion starting to get the better of her. The notification on the screen faded away, leaving just the wind and waves and darkness. In the middle of that darkness, somewhere in the distance, a small spot of white appeared, followed by another sound. A different sound. What could have almost been a voice. Emma Emma 42 leaned closer to the monitor, peering through her tears to get a better look at the spot of white. If she squinted, it kind of looked like a face. It rushed towards her, screaming, quickly filling her monitor with a stark and sickly white. The face, because it was a face, was one she would recognise above any other. 
Still floppy-haired, still big-toothed, no longer grinning, no longer handsome, Kidna was afraid and crying and dead. There was a beep, the flash of a final notification, and the screen went dark as the battery died. The live stream had ended. Thanks for listening to this month's short tale. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, to finish this episode off, I've recorded some afterthoughts, which detail where the idea for this story came from and any challenges I faced while writing it. If that feels too self-indulgent for your taste, fair enough. But if that sounds like your kind of thing, then listen on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I started writing this story at the end of last year, almost immediately after I posted the last Short Tales episode for 2022. If you've listened to that episode, then you already know the reason for that. I put out a call for stories as part of the Short Tales short story competition. But not just any stories. I wanted them to be written to a prompt I provided, which was that the story feature an arrogant character, include some element around streaming culture, and have a star in there somewhere, literal, metaphorical, or other. This story is my answer to that prompt, and next month's episode will be the winners. I love writing prompts. I think there's something magic about them, and I like being on either side of the prompt. I teach writing to adults and children, and often start classes with a writing prompt. Sometimes they're focused on a certain aspect of story and writing, other times they're just completely random. And if I'm honest, it's the random ones I like the most. There's something incredible about throwing out a few unplanned elements and seeing a writer weave them into a story. I come up with some random junk, and a story is created because of it. It's awesome. And what's even more amazing is how many different stories can come from a single prompt, each unique and distinctive despite their shared origins. It never stops being fascinating to see how each writer will approach the prompt, how they'll bring their own style and experience and thoughts to it to make something only they could have come up with. I can never guess what might come of a prompt despite being the one that came up with it. And there's something strangely thrilling about that. On the other end of the scale... I also like writing to a prompt, much for the same reasons. 
Before the prompt, I have no idea what I'm going to write or what my story might be, but I know that given some time and thought, I will write one, and that'll be a story I never would have written without the prompt. It exists because the prompt does, and I like that shared element of it. There's also the obvious benefit to them as well. If I or another writer is having trouble knowing what to write, get a prompt. Choose any prompt. Let your brain start to connect some dots, put some pieces together, and write. It doesn't have to be your best work, but it may take you down some avenues you never thought you would take, and because of that, you might end up liking it more than you thought. This is not the first time I've written to a prompt I came up with, but it may be one of my favourites. The streaming culture thing meant I was immediately writing to a subject I'd not written about before, and I tend to write characters who are more modest than arrogant, and so that was fun also. And it surprised me. At the start, it was a somewhat mocking, hopefully funny, look at the vain and ridiculous side of streaming culture. But somewhere in there, it turned, becoming a horror, drawn from the lengths people will go to for the validation of strangers. And, of course, I had to throw in a supernatural element at the end, because damn it, I love a ghost. I was also lucky enough to write the majority of this story while travelling around Europe. I rode on trains and in airports, and in my brother and sister-in-law's new apartment in Vienna, where my one-year-old nephew slept. That experience makes this story that much more special to me. It's intrinsically tied to the story, and it means it now carries this odd form of nostalgia with it. I find that whether reading or writing, stories have that power to carry our everyday life with them, and take us back there whenever we reread them again. Alright, now for the short story competition. I've decided to extend the deadline by two more weeks, meaning the new submission date is the 15th of March. I've done this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I want more stories coming my way. I want to be flooded by them. And as previously mentioned, I love seeing the varied results of a prompt I've given. And second, I know from my own experiences that sometimes, despite my best intentions, I just don't get a story done in time for a competition I want to enter. So if that sounds familiar, then this extension is specifically for you. You have two weeks. Finish your story and send it my way, because I really do want to read it. You can submit to shorttales.podcast at gmail.com. And I truly hope you do. All right, those are all my thoughts. But if you have any that you'd like to share, please do. You can write to me at shorttales.podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at middaypajamas. Also, while this podcast will always be free, if you'd like to throw a few extra dollars my way, you can do so by visiting co-fi.com forward slash Damien Robb. Or you can find all the appropriate links in the episode show notes. Until next time... This has been Short Tales, and I've been Damien Robb. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.